Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey there, welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. Oh, we're here on Saturday in the South in the summer. So nice. You know, well, I don't know about that. It's a little hot. Yeah, it's it's doggone hot out there, isn't it? Kind of getting used to it, you know? know? Well, okay, I got a little little dilemma at my house. Um, Like a lot of Southern women, we like to collect things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and I'm not up there with the hoarders by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely accumulate, have accumulated a lot of things over the years. Mm. And currently, my side of the garage, well, let's just say it's serving a different purpose (laughs) other than housing my car. Uh, it, it's a little bit of everything from all over the years. Uh, completely have filled up my half of the garage. That's now, all right. my husband Earl, of course, has has room to park his F one fifty. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, my southern gentleman drives a pickup truck. Um, but I, uh, I don't, I, and I, uh, I just have a little car, and I can't fit it in my side of the garage. Oh, so it, no. it's parked outside, and it has uh, black leather seats. Oh, so you so, stick to the seats. Yeah, and you, it's called the hot dance. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I wear a lot of skirts, so I got a lot of bare legs, ooh, you know, on the ooh. seats. And I'm hopping around when I get into that thing. I, I try to turn the vent, like, onto the seat to kind of cool it off. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Dixie the Wonder Dog, you know, when she rides around with me, she's... Same problem. Her little, her little pads. Are, yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful. Poor thing. You know what you do have to be careful? Can I give a, this is going to be a little public service announcement hmm. for my Southern women out there. Okay. My fellow Southern sisters. Um, a lot of times with women, I don't know if, if y'all are like me, but I like to just, when I'm driving on, on the highway, wherever, I just like to get comfortable. You know, yeah. I just kind of get comfortable. Um, you know, I, I, I don't always sit in necessarily the most ladylike positions, <laughs> shall we say. Okay, and uh, but do you know what I have come to realize? Because I've gotten busted a couple of times. Just maybe, I don't know. Um, you have to be careful if you've got a sunroof in your car when truckers drive alongside your vehicle. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you have to. You, they can look right down inside your car. <laughs> So you have to be a little bit careful. Oh, no. No, it's embarrassing. Like, for example, if I'm, you know, if you, when you're driving and, you know, you're, what if your skirt is hiked up a little too high? Uh, or technically, if they're looking down through your sunroof, they can look right, you know, they can. Oh. Anyway. I, wow. I've so never I've thought had about a couple, that. I've had a couple of situations on 75 driving where, you know, all of a sudden you'll hear a little honk honk, you know, and you look up and then there's a trucker looking right down from oh, above on wow. you. Yeah, so you have to be mindful of these things. Wow. So I just slowly reach my arm up and shut the, uh, you know, the cover the on the cover. sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Public service announcement for the day, guys. Yes. Or ladies, be mindful of what can be seen from above. Please. Oh, <laughs> Please my gosh. Do. I never thought about that. Uh, well, it's not a guy problem. Eesh. Right? You, would, yeah. you probably wouldn't care, but there's some. Good point. Anyway. Um, so, you know what? Uh, one thing that I do a lot of, and I'm sure a lot of my Southern friends out there do, is we spend a lot of time at the grocery store. Right. We have to eat. We have to grocery shop. And uh, Southern Living recently did a an article uh, called 10 Things Every Southerner Knows About Grocery Store Etiquette. Mm. You probably know some of them. Oh, I'm sure we probably do them and don't even think about them. Right. And the lack of some of these may actually irritate you. 
I'm interested to see. Are you really? Well, I will tell you. Now, according to them, right, trips to the grocery store can be downright exhausting. We know that. Uh, You can be shoved to the sides for a supermarket bargain, right, on the dairy aisle or growled at by customers for clipping coupons at the cash register. Have those coupons clipped, by the way, before you get there. Please. Please, please. I don't want to be behind you. Um, Or getting stuck in a grocery aisle while someone catches up with their, you know, long lost third cousin on the the cell phone. Have you had that happen? All the time. It's irritating. Every time. Yeah, it's irritating. But sometimes a trip to Harris Teeter or Publix feels like one uh, shopping cart bump away from an open war zone. (laughs) I think it's worse in the summer, in the heat. Oh, absolutely. Right? Well, because everyone's in there and they're all taking their time because nobody wants to walk back out into the heat. Uh -uh. I'm going to hang out in the AC over by the frozen section. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Hang out there for a while. I find Mondays are a little bit better. They seem to be a little slower. Yes. You know? Yeah, Mondays are a lot better. Saturdays are a nightmare. Don't go on Wednesdays. We all know what Wednesday is. What's Wednesday? Senior day. Oh, senior day. Oh, don't go on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Pushing the car down. I'm telling you folks, the 5% discount, even if you can get, is not worth it. Just don't go. Don't go. No. Well, I just have to tell you, it's important to remember that when it comes to keeping grocery stores uh, uh, civil and in a a pleasant environment, right, we are all in this together, okay? We all are responsible, right? Pull your, you know, pull your load, do your share for a a polite atmosphere in the grocery (laughs) store. Now, we're going to do a little refresher course real quick on, uh, yeah, do you like that idea? Let's do it. Let me give you some of the the, uh, top, according to Southern Living Magazine, the top 10 Southern grocery store etiquette, okay? Um, Always return your shopping cart. Yes, put right? it either in the holder, in the parking lot, or take it back in the store. Yes. That's really nice. It's very nice. It's not nice, nice to just leave your cart between two cars. For one thing, it could roll into yes. somebody else's car, right? That's a problem. Um, do you remember that scene from, did you ever watch uh, Fried Green Tomatoes? The, mo- the, the scene where uh, Kathy Bates has a road rage incident in the parking lot <laughs> and just ends up ramming this woman with her car. <laughs> Tensions were flaring. <laughs> Tensions were flaring. But, you know, for me, with that grocery cart, it's always the dilemma. I'll stand there when, when, when I've unloaded my groceries, and I'll stand there, and I, I see everybody do this. You look at the store, and then you look at the return cart place, and you try to figure out which one is closer. Yep. Do you do that? Yes. <laughs> but you have to remember to return your cart, guys. It's not polite to leave it laying around in the parking lot. It's not polite to the store employees who have to come out there and collect no. it either, no. right? How about number two? Don't block the aisles. Please. Please don't. Come on. Come on. Now, if you have to stop and look at something, just kind of push your cart to the side a little bit so people can get around you. I can't tell you how many times I've gone down the aisle and seen a cart just kind of parked, you know, catty corner in, 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 in the middle, middle of the aisle. Yeah, you can't get around And it. the person is like, you know, 10 feet away looking at something, <sighs> not even realizing, oblivious to the fact that they have blocked the aisles. I know. And like you said, when you started this. Don't stand there and catch up with your... Be- if yeah. you d- go find... Go to the front or the back of the store or something where there's a whole lot of room and do that there. Yeah. Step please. aside. Step aside. <laughs> please. Okay? Now, try, please, try to make sure your children are behaving, but at least be patient with others. Oh, yes. Now, if you are a mother of a young child that's ever had a meltdown in a grocery sto- store, and I, <laughs> I have... I, I can remember being You've at had Publix. A meltdown in the grocery store. <laughs> it was me. It was me, not the child. Um, but I've been in the. I remember being in the grocery store, like eight months pregnant with my fourth, 
Oh. And and having three little ones with me, one in the little seat, right? One clipped, uh, no, yeah, one sitting in the front seat, mm-hmm. one sitting in the in main part of the of yeah. big grocery cart, and then one walking along with mommy. Yes. And of course, the rule was you have to keep one hand on the cart. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, We've all been there. I did require my kids to uh, to behave, but children are not exactly known for behaving properly in grocery stores. But it is up to parents to do their best to make sure their children are behaving. Um, you know, don't don't pick the grocery store to have a you know, a major confrontation. Yeah, no. Not I a find good place. a lot of times when when meltdowns happen in grocery stores, uh, that means that there there probably should have been a conversation before you got to the grocery store. Yes, usually, we used yes. to talk about that on the way. Now, remember mommy's rules, right? You know. Well, I will say though, it depends on the age of the kid. Yeah. Because I have a two-year-old, and yeah, when well. he sees the lollipops at yeah. the front of the store. They're it's unpredictable. Two-year-olds yeah. are so unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, always, guys, put the products back where they belong. If you change your mind about something. As someone who used to work retail, you yeah. better do this. I hear you. And if you're not going to, yeah. take it to the front of the store with you and say, hey, I picked this up. Yeah. Can't remember where it goes. Right. But I didn't want to just put it on the shelf. Yeah. I've done that before. Please just do that. Yeah. Just I'll do that. hand it to the cashier. And I say, yeah. I say, I'm so sorry. I meant to put this back. And then they'll take it. And they, yeah, and they're fine so with that. so much easier. Just don't, fu- don't put the peanut butter. Yeah. And like the salmon fish. Come on. Come right. on. It's not where it goes. Right. No. <laughs> don't do it. Also, uh, Southern etiquette rule. Be polite to the clerks. Be patient. Be kind. Be grateful. Right? I mean, just do it. It's not they're, that hard to do. people, too. I, they, are, they are people, they're too. People too. <laughs> Listen to this, guys. Don't enter the express lane with more than the number of items listed. Does that bug you? Oh. Yes. Oh, got it. 15 items. One, two, three. You got a lot yeah. more than 15 in there, I got to tell you, I count every time. Every, I mean, when I'm about, when I'm considering if I want to get in that lane, I'm counting my items. Yes. Uh, please don't use your cell phone at checkout. No. It's just kind of rude, yeah. isn't it? And if you are, they got to self-check out for a reason. They do. Yeah. So you got to make a phone call, yeah. do it yourself. Yeah. Give your attention. <laughs> I think that's respectful. Um, how about this one? Just one sample per person, please. <laughs> You know, when they're giving out samples? I've broken that's, that one. That's not lunch. I'm guilty. It's not lunch, Dick. I'm guilty. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm guilty. Also, don't leave your trash in your cart, please. <laughs> please throw it out. It's not right? a trash can. And plan ahead. My goodness gracious. Don't wait until they've tallied up your groceries to start fishing around. Now, where's those coupons? <laughs> where's that credit card? Have it ready. Have it out. Please. Make it efficient, y'all. Southern Etiquette per Southern Living Magazine. I love it. For the grocery stores, right? We got a great show coming up. We'll be right back. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters show. You know, I'm a big fan of holidays. Oh, yeah. yeah. My three favorite holidays, Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, Easter, mm-hmm. yeah, and National Chicken Wing Day. National Chicken Wing Day. That's today. Hey, man, I will take it. You're I right? love some chicken wings. Happy National Chicken Wing Day. You know, have you ever wondered, and I know that you do, Nick, because you sit around pondering these important concepts, uh, what what on earth is the history of buffalo wings, which happens to be my favorite type of chicken wing? Hmm. hmm. That's a very good question. Have you ever wondered? 
I have. Well, you know, here at the Southern. Who decided to take that uh, sucker off, drop it in some hot sauce, and eat it up? Right. I mean, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. But someone had to think of it. Someone had to come up with it in the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, here at Southern Sisters, we love to sort of uh, dispel myths and, uh, you know, give a little history on things. Yeah, so set the record straight. What's the history of it? Here's the 411. Uh, There are several different claims about the invention of buffalo wings, right? So one of the claims is that buffalo wings were first prepared at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York, by Teresa Bellissimo, who owned the bar with her husband, Frank, in 1964. Now, at the time, chicken wings were inexpensive and kind of undesirable. Primarily, they were used for stock or soup. People didn't just really, you know, cook up wings and eat yeah, them. Okay, enough. right. Now, several versions of the story of the invention of the buffalo wing have been circulated by the Bellissimo family and others, but this is the predominant theory. Upon the unannounced late arrival of their son, Dominic, with several of his friends from college, I've been been through that kind of situation before, Teresa needed a fast and easy snack to prepare for her guests. It was then that she came up with the idea of deep frying chicken wings, which were normally thrown away Mm -hmm. or reserved for stock, and tossing them in a cayenne hot sauce. How about that? Now, interestingly, the marketing materials for Frank's Red Hot Sauce Mm -hmm. claim that that was the sauce that the Bellissimos used in their original recipe. How about that? Hmm, That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I guess I could see that because Cajun cuisine generally is very hot and spicy because sometimes you eat the undesirable parts. I know, So maybe that's where they came from. They had to mask it up, cover it up really good. Hey. I, I see that as believable. Yeah. I, I could vary, like you said, the college yeah. kids coming home. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They showed up in the middle of the night. They wanted some food. <laughs> it's like, you here, had to feed them. This is edible. Here's some, <laughs> take this. We were going to throw this out, but, you know, we'll serve it to you. <laughs> Your college kids, you'll eat it, right? <laughs> <laughs> They'll eat anything. I always did. Um, now, listen to the, the interesting story about how it grew and became more popular. Now, in 1977, the city of Buffalo, New York, issued an official proclamation celebrating Anchor Bar co-owner, Frank Bellissimo, and they declared that July 29th, 1977 to be Chicken Wing Day. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout the 70s and 80s, buffalo wings gained in popularity as a bar food, Hmm. right? An appetizer across the United States and Canada. They're great with beer. Oh, yeah. Right? Perfect. Great with beer. Large franchises specializing in buffalo wings have emerged. I mean, look around town. You got buffalo wild wings, right? You got... (laughs) Hooters. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where they, right? They're kind of the classic in that one, aren't they? They are the classic with the the wing. Even McDonald's. Remember back in around 1990, they came out with the Mighty Wings? Yes. They had them not too long ago. Did they have them again? Yeah, they're a little... Weird. Yeah, I don't know. But you know, sometimes, uh, fast. Sometimes they everybody just wants to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, doesn't mean they do it that well. No, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1994, following four Super Bowl appearances by the Buffalo Bills football team, the Domino's Pizza chain added buffalo wings to their national menu. Huh. You can now pick up the phone and and Domino's will bring you and buffalo they will wings. Order the wings right to you. Not to be undone. Uh, pizza Hut copied it the very yeah. next they year. They like their own thing attached yeah, to that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Anyway, as the market for chicken wings became larger, restaurants began to create and use a variety of sauces in addition to buffalo sauce. So some of these new chicken wing sauces were influenced by Chinese, Japanese, Thai, Caribbean, and Indian cuisines. Mm. I love them all. Oh, yeah. 
you know, whip up some spices and some sweet glaze and pour it on the wings. And, Absolutely. And I'm a happy camper. Other flavors created by restaurants included unique combinations like, how about this, blueberry barbecue wing sauce Ooh. and Ooh. maple bacon glaze, for example. Oh, those <laughs> sound yummy. Don't they sound good? Well, anything with bacon. Oh, that's true. You know, <laughs> anything. Now, because of the increased cost in the price of chicken wings and a desire by some diners for a neater experience, restaurants began to offer a menu called bone. Boneless wings. <laughs> this is a really, my kids are going to love this segment, right? Boneless wings. Now, here's the misnomer. Here's the trick. Sometimes they, they uh, this will actually, this is the way that they are commonly made, the boneless wings. Boneless wings are essentially small pieces of skinless, boneless chicken breast. Yep. Right? They're not actually wings. They're not wings. Sorry, they're basically chicken nuggets. Yeah, they are basically they're grown up chicken nuggets. I know. They're coated in a little flour and spices, mm-hmm. then fried or baked, and they're coated in the same kind of sauce. You know what I've got, though, for our Southern Sisters listeners? Mm. Um, I have got an awesome recipe for you. Oh, wonderful. Now, traditionally, how the restaurants do it, they have a technique for doing their wings, which is wonderful, but I've got an even easier technique for you at home. Traditionally, what uh, what a lot of the, the traditional sort of buffalo wing preparation is both a combination of a baking and a frying. Yes. Okay? So they'll bake them in the oven, maybe 20 minutes on each side, but then they'll only fry them in hot oil for about five minutes mm-hmm. just to crisp them up. I've got a great recipe for crispy baked chicken wings oh. that'll enable you to bypass that sort of messy frying method. Okay. You don't, you don't have to do it, right? Now, we're going to do um, some crispy baked chicken wings two ways. We're going to do a buffalo sauce, and we're going to do a ginger soy glaze. Ooh. And I would do both of these. That way there's something for everybody. Yeah, if you don't you like know? the hot, you got the soy. Exactly. Now, what you want to do for the buffalo sauce, with for, for those of you that don't know, buffalo sauce is basically hot sauce and butter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not culinary rocket science. No, it's not. No. <laughs> but what you want to do is you want to whisk up about a tablespoon of unsalted butter, melted, right? About a fourth of a teaspoon or more of cayenne pepper. A little ground pepper, a little kosher salt, you know, a little pinch here and there, and about a fourth of a cup of hot pepper sauce. If you want to be like the Bellissimos and use Frank's, you can do that. You can do that. Right? Or whatever your preference. Frank's Red Hot. Pick your poison. You can use that. Now, the nice thing about the uh, sauce is you can make that up to a week ahead and just keep it chilled in the refrigerator and warm it up when you need it. Very nice. It keeps for a while. You can drizzle a little little on other dishes as well. Now, that's our buffalo sauce. Now, for our other, the other half of our wings, we're going to do a ginger soy glaze. All right? This is super, super yummy. You're going to bring all of these ingredients and a fourth of a cup of water to a boil in a small saucepan. You'll need a fourth of a cup of honey, two tablespoons of soy sauce, three large garlic cloves, just crushed, and a piece, about a two-inch piece of ginger. You can use powdered ginger if you want to, the dried. Um, But you know what? Ginger keeps forever. Buy yourself a root, a a piece of ginger root. Keep it in your veggie drawer. Just pull it out when you need it. It, You'd be surprised. Once you have it in the house, you'd be surprised how many times you might actually start using it. So in this case, you need that one piece, and you're going to slice it up. So you bring all those ingredients to a boil to dissolve that honey. Reduce the heat to low, simmer it, stirring occasionally until it's reduced to about a fourth of a cup. That's going to take about seven to eight minutes. And then just put it in a medium bowl and set it aside. Here's how we do the wings. Are you ready? I would start with five pounds of wings. Oh. It's not as many as you think. No. And then we could get some for you, too. (laughs) Because I could eat that many. No. Now, for the wings, you're going to preheat your oven to 400 degrees. The quickest and easiest way to do this is to set a wire rack 
inside a baking sheet. Mm -hmm. I would use two. Like, you know, the same kind of little wire rack that you use to cool your chocolate chip cookies. You can set those right inside a baking pan. You're going to do two of those. And then you're going to place these ingredients uh, in a large bowl, okay? You're going to put in five pounds of chicken wings, two tablespoons of vegetable oil, a tablespoon of kosher salt, and a good shake of dark, you know, like black ground pepper, Mm. okay? So just toss all that together and then divide the wings between the two racks, right? Half on each. Spread them out in a single layer. You're going to bake the wings until they're cooked through and the skin is crispy. It takes longer than you think, about 45 to 50 minutes. Oh, wow. Right? And then what you're going to do is line another rimmed baking sheet with foil, top it with a wire rack, add half of the wings to the uh, the ginger soy glaze that you Mm. have, Toss them and to coat them evenly. Place the wings on the rack in a, on the prepared rack and bake until the glaze is kind of glossy. It almost gets Ooh. caramelized, Ooh. sticky sweet. That sounds good, right? Is that amazing? And then the other half of the wings that you roasted, toss them in your wonderful buffalo sauce huh. that we now know where that came from. Yes, right. And that's it. That's it. That's pretty easy. Now, being the uh, chicken wing eaten woman that I am. <laughs> I can't have mine without a good, some good blue cheese. Oh, yeah. And especially if it's a hot one, that dairy, that, that cheesy flavor, that kind of cuts the heat. So what I love to do to make the deep is I just pulse it in a, in, a, in a blender, about a half a cup of sour cream, half a cup of crumbled blue cheese, a fourth of a cup of mayo. If you have some garlic around the house, I'd toss a little bit in, maybe a splash of milk just to kind of thin it out just a little bit, a little salt and pepper. And Blend that's it. it up. Mm-hmm. Drizzle it on your salads. You know what? Oh, blue cheese, chun- chunky blue cheese dressing is also amazing if you just put a dollop alongside uh, like your roasted vegetables. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely uh, dredge your chicken wing right through that blue so cheese. So versatile. Hello. Yummy. Happy Chicken Wing Day. National Chicken Wing Day, no less, right? Another reason to be happy about summer. Oh, yes. I love it. Go home and make some wings, and we'll be right back. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Do you feel safe in your home? I would hope that most of us do. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, was watching, I watched a scary movie the other night, and it has a tendency <laughs> to kind of freak me out. Uh-oh. Um, you know, when I'm uh, at home alone. Yes. I love scary movies, right? The problem is I then think about them two or three hours later. <laughs> you know? You forget that they're just yeah. movies. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night. I, I understand logically that there's nobody under my bed. <laughs> That doesn't make you feel better. I do, but there's still something about it where reality seems a little distorted at three in the morning. (laughs) You know what I mean? Fair enough. But but other than scary movies, there are things in your home that can cause you, well, can cause you harm. Mm -hmm. Do you know, um, there have been some studies done by the Home Safety Council. Uh, They completed a very comprehensive safety of uh, what are the most common causes of home injury in the United States in people's homes. Okay. Okay? And the top five are, well, number one is falls. Okay, makes sense. I know people who have fallen at home. This is particularly a problem for the elderly Mm -hmm. and for people that may be their mobility is impaired in any way um, or just me on a regular day. (laughs) I'm there with you. I can trip over my own feet. My own dog on feet. We've got a nice fancy new uh, front stairs going up to our wonderful new home and about three or four times now walking. Thankfully, always going (laughs) up the steps. Yes. You kind of slip and fall and hit and catch yourself and you're like, Why? 
I know, yeah, right? My feet don't work. Why well, feet don't work? <laughs> and I have to tell you, I can fall going up the stairs as easily as I can fall going down. Yes. Have you ever done that yes. front front where you're like and you just you just sprawl Boom, out and then brrr, right the right. I know. I am. I. I really. I follow on a regular basis. You know, when I was writing my second book, um, I was in a really. I had a little bit of writer's block, and and I eventually came out of it. But I was. I was drinking a lot of sweet tea and eating a lot of pimento cheese at the time. And uh, I had come home. I had been out and and gone through the drive-through at Chick-fil-A with two large sweet teas, one with ice for now, and one with no ice, so that I could refill later. Perfect. Because you got to be fully caffeinated oh, and yes. sweetened up to write a Southern cookbook. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm coming back to the house with my two big, extra, you know, large sweet teas. I'm holding them in front of me, and I trip going up the stairs, oh, and I and I no. squash the the big styrofoam cups with my chest. I mean, oh, just, just no. and, and then when I squash the cups with my chest, the sweet tea that was in them just was like projectile thrown into your face, into my face. Oh. It was just a big, sticky, awful mess. Yuck. So anyway, don't be like I am, guys. Take some precautions around the house so that you won't be the victim of some of these common household hazards. Number one is falls. Number two is poisoning. Number three is fires. Number four is choking and suffocation. And number five is drowning. So these are serious topics, but don't let that dissuade you that there are things you can do to kind of take precautions to protect yourself and your family uh, from injury in your home. Let's talk about falls. Now, more than four. 40% of all non-fatal home injuries are falls. Oh, yeah. That, Like I said, that makes sense. Right. Steps and curbs and sidewalks. Ladders. That, too. I didn't even think about that. I got to tell you, I'm the ladder police at my house. (laughs) Every time Earl says, ooh, that light's out, and he'll point up, don't get on that ladder without me. Every time. <laughs> oh, good. You oh, should... I need to get up there and change the battery in the smoke detector. Don't get on that ladder without me. And, and, and that's great. I think you should. You <laughs> need to time. have somebody like mm. that in the house at all times. Because, yeah. you know, we, we guys think we got it. You do. And then we don't. And then you don't. <laughs> and I know people that have been very seriously injured in ladder falls. The yes. floodlights on the outside of your house. Oh, gosh. Right? Don't get on that ladder without someone watching, holding, bracing, Correct. helping with, with that. Love, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's, believe it or not, falls are the cause of more than one-third of all unintentional home injury deaths. Oh. So it's a serious thing, right? Now, what can you do? What's something we can do to avoid falls in the home? Um Common falls are with children on play sets out back. Mm. So if you can, put some soft protective services under your play equipment. We used to buffer it up with a lot of uh, pine straw and wood bark chips and things yes. like that. Just something to kind of... Um, the mulchy stuff. The mulchy yes. stuff, right? That's helpful. Um, pay special attention, guys, to staircases, all right? Um, make sure that they have handrails, that they're well-lighted, um, don't have any loose carpeting on your stairs. And train your kids when they're young not to leave their toys on the stairs. Because oh. I can tell you, I busted it more than once or twice. Step it on a, you know, a toy. Absolutely, a toy or a shoe or something right? that somebody left In the dark, step. in the yep, middle of the night, exactly. somebody left something. So that's important to remember. Also, um, you know, having gates, baby gates at the top and the bottom mm-hmm. of the staircases when the kids are young. Uh, remember, if you have a dark basement, make sure you've got a light installed, right? Yes. And a really good tip, and I actually read this one a couple weeks ago. I think it's a great idea, is if let's say you've got like an, an unfinished basement that's not very well lit, um, paint the bottom step a brighter color yeah. to make it more visible. Yeah, like a yellow. Right. Very much so. It's that last step sometimes that you, you, sometimes you miss it, you miss it right, when you're coming down. Um, always clear the outdoor steps of ice and snow as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here in the South, we don't. 
we don't really handle ice and snow that well. No, unfortunately, we don't. <laughs> yeah, and my next-door neighbor's 8-year-old daughter will tell you uh, that I busted it on my side steps coming out of my house. Ooh, this pa- yeah. Ouch. Oh, I, 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 not only did I slip, my feet went out from under me, and I did the bump, bump, bump three steps down Oof. on my butt coming coming oh. down off the And then I stood back up, and she's just standing there in the grass staring at me. And I just <laughs> I just looked at her. I said, did you see that? <laughs> And then it hurt to sit for the rest oh, of the man, day. Oh, man, it yeah. did. Yeah, we, I can't handle those kind of falls at my age, I, right? I will, I will say, folks, you got you got the salt that you can buy from, like, the Home Depot and the Walmart when it starts to get that time of right. year. It's always good to have some in the garage. And if you don't have that, yeah. cat litter works great. Really? Yes. Just Hadn't thought of cat pour litter. pour it out before if you know we're going to have an yeah. ice storm. Because thankfully, most of the time, we kind of have a little bit of notice. Yeah. Just put some out on your sidewalk and your steps and stuff and right. just let it sit. And for the most part, it won't ice up. Very Aww. important to do that. Cat litter, according to Nick. Yeah, it works. I love it. Okay, we'll add that to my list. <laughs> Things also like um, making your shower safe, right? Uh, like non-slip uh, rubber mats, things like that that mm-hmm. can kind of, you know, take a look. Because, you know, that's another very common getting in and out of the shower, in and out of the bathtub. Yep. Other places, it's very common um, to fall. And make sure that you use, have and use sturdy step stools when you're trying to get things off the top of top shelves of your pantry i've got a walk-in pantry and i have discovered the bottom shelf is not made for standing on no oh no 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 oh my goodness don't no. stand on the bottom shelf to try to reach the top shelf don't stand on the dining room chairs right god don't go get the one out of the office and get this <laughs> the office chair that's an even worse idea well that's usually on wheels is it not exactly never a good Precisely idea to stand on anything that, that don't climb wheels. up onto the counter <laughs> That's the cat's job, not yours. Oh, and, and guys, I got to tell you, speaking of cats, speaking of pets, as much as I do love my dog, mm-hmm. Dixie the Wonder Dog, um, she has been known to kind of get tangled up in my legs as I'm going up or down the stairs. Oh, you yeah. know, dogs have no respect for that. They'll dart in and out. We actually started training her to wait until we had walked down the stairs before she, because she will just literally just go right in front of your feet Yeah, when you're halfway down the stairs. Well, she's got four of them. Yeah. So <laughs> she's, she's got agile. a little more traction. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I, me, not so much. Me, not so much. Um, so, guys, think about those things. When you're thinking about falls in your home, remember the number one cause of all uh, home injuries mm. is falls. Man. Something we want to work at, look out for. Absolutely. Now, according to the Home Safety Council, poisoning is the second leading cause of unintentional home injury deaths mm. in the United States. And while a lot of times we, we think about poisoning as something that happens to uh, young children, right, when they get into things like cleaning supplies and other household products, it really does affect people of all ages. And you'd probably be surprised to hear that most unintentional deaths by poisoning in the home are due to things like, um, well, certainly with the drug epidemic that we have in this country, there is oftentimes um, other family members, younger family members that can may get into the drugs that yeah, were the prescription that, that belong yeah. to other people, right? Um, and uh, appetite depressants. Yes. Basically, your you know diet pills, things of that nature. Uh, that is like one of the top four causes of poisoning. Oh wow! Um, in the country, um, any sort of anesthetics, also um, amphetamines, mm. caffeine. Now, I'm not quite sure how that happens. Caffeine pills. Well, yeah, caffeine pills. If you take too many caffeine pills, it can caffeine really pills, it can really mess you up. Right. Absolutely. Antidepressants, mm-hmm. commonly overdosed. Um, alcohol. Um, even motor vehicle exhaust gas. Oh yeah. Um, you got to be very very. Very careful with things like that. So here are some of the things that affect the children, the things that children are most often poisoned by. Household and cleaning products, personal care and beauty products, medicines, vitamins, plants. Okay? Think about that. 
lead and carbon monoxide. Now, there are things that we can all do to prevent accidental poisonings in your home. One thing, and, you know, being the mom of four, I, I learned a lot of these things years ago because mm-hmm. I was a nervous ninny when it came to my, <laughs> my children. But place your chemicals high up on shelves rather than down low under the kitchen and bathroom sinks mm-hmm. where people commonly put them. Um, and then also, if you have to put chemicals in low cabinets, use those baby-proof locks. I mean, yes. for a lot of parents, that's just common sense. But you'd be surprised how many people might forget about a cabinet or, you uh-huh. know, there's one they didn't think of, right? Yes. Or underestimating what kind of things are poisonous and what aren't. Mm. You know, like I, I know that like even like dishwashing detergent. Um, oh, yeah. Well, and that's another thing I was going to say, too. Like you said, personal care, yeah. shampoo and body wash. Right. Those things will really, really seriously do right. some harm if, yeah. you, if they get ingested. For they're they're a not large designed to be ingested. No. You're absolutely right. Uh, never put household cleaners in old like drink bottles or food containers. Oh, now, no. I remember my mother put, she had one. <laughs> she didn't have any small children around the house anymore, so it didn't matter. But I remember she put... Something like it was rubbing alcohol into like a Fresca bottle Whoa. or something. Whoa. Yeah, it was just she had that <laughs> She's <nurse>. asking for <laughs> trouble. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, Mom, what is this? Why oh do you have Fresca? Goodness. Oh, no, no, that's it. That's rubbing alcohol. Don't mess with that. Ooh, so, no, no let's Ooh. not do that, folks. <laughs> right? Now, and get children and pets out of a room before you use pesticides or other chemicals. You know, if you're, obviously, if you're spraying for bugs or something like that. Kids don't need to be anywhere near that. Um, always close the packaging on a medication or chemical if you are interrupting. Now, this is, believe it or not, I've heard of this happening. It's common. I remember it happening to someone that I knew one time. They were, had opened up a bottle. The doorbell rang. She left the bottle unopened on the counter. Oh. Now, nothing happened, but she came back and looked and saw it and said, oh, my word. You know, yeah, she, had young, she had young children in the house. Yeah. So um, just, you know, before you do anything else, go to answer the phone, go to answer the door, put the top back on the medicine, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, don't trust that childproof packaging on medications will keep children safe. No. You might have a Houdini child like I did. Or even if not, they just get mad and throw it at stuff till it breaks open. Ah. That can happen too. Yeah. So, right? yeah, that's... It, you got to be careful with that. So just don't trust that. Keep uh, The best defense is to keep the medications completely out of the child's reach in the first place. Yes. Even if they have a childproof top on them, mm. right? Now, also, don't, obviously, uh, store medications on easy-to-reach tables or countertops. Oh. That kind of goes without saying. Be aware of where all of the medications in your home are, especially if you have visitors. Mm. Yes. Okay? They might accidentally leave them out. People that are coming in your home to stay, um, I have a, a, a friend uh, whose mother keeps her prescriptions in a little Ziploc bag in her purse. Mm-hmm. So she comes over to someone's house, she sets her purse on the, on the ground. Yes. There's a little Ziploc bag. You turn your back for a second, you got a small child in the house or a pet. Absolutely. Right? Think and about it. And that's one thing, too. You can get a cheap, um, just in that case, if you right. want to, for your guest room in your home, uh, you can usually get like a relatively inexpensive $30, $40 little combination, the Sentry Safe. Right. And that's always great to put a little one of those somewhere in the in the guest room and be like, hey, yeah. you can put your, you know, if you want to put your wallet or whatever, if you're weird about that's something, a great idea. drop it in this Where can you safe. get something like that? Yeah, it's like, I think Walmart, I think. Okay. That's Just a, like an office a supply idea. store also has them too. Yeah. So check it out there. No, I love that. Fun. No, absolutely. That's a good idea. Um, And then also, guys, um, get rid, you may not even have thought of this. I had not. Get rid of any old watch type batteries you know the little watch batteries that you have children can easily swallow them um and you know consider getting rid of any old toys that use them you know if you got an old toy sitting around that's still got an old battery in it if it's not being used just get rid of that i would have never thought about i didn't think about batteries either but those are corrosive i mean they're they're yeah that's not good to ingest those i would have never ever thought about that wow yeah wow
Yeah. Okay, now listen, guys. We talked about the top two reasons um, for hazardous injuries in homes, right? So what we want to do now is uh, finish up with the next segment, I think, with the other three. All right, don't go some, anywhere. We've got some great suggestions for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We are in the middle of our two-segment part. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, two segments here we're devoting to home safety, home hazards. Yes. I mean, it's kind of a serious subject, but I think it's important, you know? Oh, well, I think it's important, too, because I think every Southern woman takes the safety of her family very seriously. Right. Every Southern mama is always very mama bear. Very about mama making bear. sure that the, the babies are safe. Uh, and this right? is something to take care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important to remember, and a lot of people don't even really think about these things necessarily, yeah. about how common everyday things can be so dangerous. And like you said in the last segment, the watch batteries. I would have never thought of that. Who would have thought of that? No. And no, it's not until you're confronted with something serious that you really even, even think about Good that. Point. But we've covered the poisoning. We've covered the falls. Do you know the number three cause of unintentional injury in homes are fires and burns. Fires and burns. According to the Home Safety Council, residential fires and burns are the leading, third leading cause of unintentional home injury deaths and the ninth leading cause of home injuries resulting in an emergency department visit. Now, my children will tell you, it was a traumatic afternoon. I had just fried some bacon, right? Mm -hmm. And I was moving the pot from the the, the skillet from the kitchen to the sink to do something. And as I tipped and turned it, the hot grease ran down my arm. Now, to this day, I don't remember uttering any profanity. I have no I have no recollection of that whatsoever. But my children will tell you that there were words uttered from their sweet mama's mouth that just should never have never have been been there. I still don't believe them, but I did. It can be very painful and very dangerous. So what we have to remember, guys, is that there are things you can do to prevent fires and burns in your home. Did you know that most people have their hot water heater at a much higher temperature than necessary? If the temperature is so high that a child or an adult can be burned when simply washing his or her hands, then you've got it on too high. Don't depend on people to know to be able to offset that heat with cold water, right? You need to be able to stand the water that is coming purely out of your hot water side. Okay. See what I'm saying? Good so point. So they'd say that keep your hot water heater, heater uh, at a low temperature of 120 degrees, right? Okay. Now, another thing that I know, and I, I definitely learned this trick as a mom with a bunch of, ch- of children, was to use the back burners on the stove when possible. Yes. Um, I just, as a rule of habit, and I still do it to this day, I keep the handles on the skillets turned to the side or turned to the back. Yes. I never have a skillet hanging off the front yep. of my of my stove, you were correct, right? right. Uh, my mother was burned very badly when she was about 18 months old, pulling a hot skillet full of grease off of the oh. stove onto her uh-huh, onto her uh, head, and oh. she was in a burn unit for a long time. Oh. Um, she eventually recovered, but but she lived with the results of that for year, many, mm. many 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 years. So, guys, it's 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 not not funny business it's here. It's joke, real yeah. serious, right? Keep candles and other open pl- flames obviously out of the reach of children. You know, uh, I spent a lot of time at the Mart, and they have a wonderful. There are several companies that do this of these flameless candles. Oh. I swear, Nick, I have to get right up and almost touch it before I realize it's not a real flame. Huh. Yeah. That's so awesome. They, they came out with some years ago that didn't look very real, but mm-hmm. they've got ones now that look uh, almost 
like a real flame. That's a great alternative. Great thing if you have young kids in the house, right? Uh, we know about s- installing smoke alarms in our homes. Half of the fire-related deaths occurred in 5% of homes that don't have fire alarms. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So half the deaths are coming from 5% of the homes, and those are the ones that don't have. I've always heard every six months, check the batteries. Check it, check right? Them every six months. Right. And as in my ha- house, if the battery is in a smoke detector that's way up at the top of a two-story hall, <laughs> hold the ladder. Yes. If your husband says he wants to get up there and change the battery. <laughs> now, I learned this the hard way. I always keep a fire extinguisher in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? You know, that's important. Yes. Because you never know. Something can go from bad to uh, worse. And preferably one of the kitchen fire extinguishers that's made to deal with yeah. grease fires and things like that. Exactly. Absolutely. Now, what do you do if there is a fire? Well, for a kitchen fire, you could what, a quick thing to do is to always keep the pot lid handy. Mm-hmm. In the event of a fire, pop the lid back on the pot or use a cookie sheet, whatever, to prevent the fire from spreading. Uh, baking soda is also effective, or as you said, Nick, a a kitchen fire extinguisher. Yes. Now, for whole house fires, have an escape plan. Discuss it with everyone who lives there. You know, make make a fun thing of it. That's how I did it with my kids. We yeah. just sort of made a fun. We're going to get together. We're going to talk about our plan. We have right? done that before as well. You just, it's important. Fire, fire. And the kids yeah. freak out and everyone freaks out <laughs> and you get out of the house and you're like, oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, but but no, but you do that to get yeah. everyone kind of prepared and ready for it. You're right. right. You can make it kind of fun. It is. You can just make it fun for the little ones and choose a meeting spot outside the home because there's nothing scarier than to get outside the house and you can't find somebody. Exactly. Right. And how to treat a burn. Right. If it's mm-hmm. a first degree burn where only the first layer of skin has been affected, then what you can do is hold it under cool water. Right. Uh, maybe 10 to 15 minutes to help reduce the swelling. Don't put ice on it. No. That's a misnomer. That's a that's a misconception. Um, loosely wrap the wound in sterile gauze. Um, you know, you might even need a painkiller. You know, any yep. worse than that, you need to go to the emergency room. Yes. Right? Now, the fourth most common cause of um, home injury due mm. to home hazards is choking and suffocation. All right? <sighs> now, we know suffocation is when the nose and mouth are obstructed, right? And you can't breathe, right? Um, 60% of infant suffocation occurs in beds and cribs mm. when an infant's face becomes buried in soft bedding or a pillow, or sadly, an adult rolls on top of them. Mm. Okay, so that's that's not good. Strangulation is a situation where there's some sort of external compression around the airway uh, that's you mm. know comes from an object like the cord of a blind or something yeah. something where a child maybe inadvertently gets something wrapped ribbons, necklaces, pacifier strings, window blind cords. I'll mm. never forget for years and years and years I used to have to reach way up high <laughs> to get the window blind cord because we had cut them all yes. to keep them high so the kids couldn't, you know. So that's one thing. But some things to remember about choking and suffocation in the home is don't place an infant face down on a soft structure. Oh, never. Okay, right? Purchase crib mattresses that fit snugly without any spaces around the side. That's so important. Um, and it's hard for a lot of parents to adhere to this, but it's dangerous to have the little babies in the bed with you. Yeah, it's really I mean, not the best. I, I mean, I did sometimes have them. I mean, I was I tried to be sitting up, like even if I was nursing or something like that. Tried to stay sitting up, but it's just dangerous to fall asleep and be lying down in a bed with your Absolutely. little ones. Absolutely, and if something happens where you find you know the little one just isn't going to sleep and they need to be in bed with you or right. something like that, make sure you almost like a pillow for it. Yep. Set pillows around them on all sides to keep you from rolling over, to right. keep them from rolling off, off all the bed. of those things. Right, once again, falling off the bed would be back to the falls, Absolutely. which is the number one cause, right? Choking. Train your kids to chew their food thoroughly from the time that they're little, right? 
Um, that's so incredibly important. And uh, and also, if you have young children in the house, regularly get down on all four hands and knees and well, there would be two hands and two knees, <laughs> right? And inspect their play areas for anything that might have fallen on the floor that you're not aware of. Yep, see the world from their point of view. Right? You know, my daughter swallowed a, a, a nickel one time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and five pennies came out. <laughs> I told you I was going to make a joke about this subject. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, guys, and our fifth leading cause of home, uh, home injury, uh, household toxins, all right? Mm. Things like asbestos, yeah. lead paint. People are still being injured and, and made sick by these things, Absolutely. particularly in older homes. Yes. Carbon monoxide, right? That's odorless and colorless. It's poisonous to humans and pets. Those should go right along yeah. with your smoke detectors. It can build up in faulty stoves, furnaces, or chimneys. Mm. you got to be careful. Mold. Inspect reg- regularly for mold. Yes. That's important. you very sick. Yeah. Radon is another issue. I had actually mm. uh, a friend who had had, a, had some radon in her house. It's mm-hmm. important to, to check for these things, too. Thanks. Not to scare everybody, right? But a good Southern woman and the men who adore them, are they, we're always prepared for things like this. Yeah. You know? Just address it. Don't be overly scared about it. But just uh, take some precautions to keep you and your precious family mm-hmm. safe. Mm. We are so glad that you joined us this week for the Thank Southern you. Sisters Show. Remember, our wing recipe are on the website, southernsistershome.com. Click on the blog. Have a great week. I guess I must be happy.